How much you want to bet we're wearing the same thing right now? Underwear. (laughs) Did you know you're pretty much supposed to replace your underwear every six months? I definitely didn't. And now I have parade to thank for that. Use code Kayla-43 to get 20% off of your first order of $40 or more. Parade's underwear is sustainable, made for everyone, and provides unreal comfort for your tush and your other bits. Parade celebrates communities' diversity. They are extremely size-inclusive and gender-inclusive. Not to mention, Parade is actually good for the planet. All of their products come from reclaimed, recycled, responsible, renewable, or regenerative materials. Parade is pretty much the only underwear that I wear at this point, and I have zero regrets about it. And now's your chance to try Parade. Use the code Kayla-43 for 20% off your first order of $40 or more. That's Kayla, K-A-I-L-A-43 for 20% off of your first order of $40 or more. Bye. Happy shopping. Happy new underwear. wake up all right i am also very tired yes daylight savings can suck a dick which i think eventually it will like we're not going to be doing this it has finally it finally looks like it is coming to an end um so with that lovely intro welcome to a baby sode of parentel this is a chance for us and by us i mean me kayla and my and myself and my husband Jimmy, me myself and I. <laughs> it's just because we're so. It's just because we're so you know like connected and intertwined. I just feel like I'm talking to myself. I'll take that. Okay. Sure. Um, I'll go with that. Yes. So a baby sode. It's a baby episode. A mini episode. We are reading you guys's thoughts, feelings, contributions. Um. Every two, three weeks, I put up a question box on the Parentel Instagram page at Parentel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I let you guys know that essentially this is going to be a baby sewed topic. If you would like to contribute, send me a DM or fill in the um, respond in the question box. Are you making a face because I said send me a DM? Yeah, I just thought it was funny. And just telling the truth. Uh, yes. Fly <laughs> in my DM. Okay. Um, yes, all you other toddler moms. Yeah. Um, so this time our baby episode is going to be about parenting triggers, uh, triggers that happen to you as a result of being a parent. Boy, are you guys triggered? <laughs> I got and I I say that with like excitement and empathy because I am the exact same way. Um almost every single one of these that we're about to read. I was like, yep, yep, absolutely. Me too, me too. Um, so I guess good for us for being so in tune with our triggers because that is the first step to figure out how to navigate them. So good for you guys. Um, but y'all are triggered. <laughs> um, so let's get started. Jimmy and I normally share like our own answer, I guess, to the question that was posted last. Um, we're going to switch it. We're going to switch it up this time. Good idea. I like it. 
I just felt like it seems, you know, like at the end, we're always kind of rushing our answers. Um, and I want the baby sods to maybe start to be more 50, 50 of us reading you guys' response responses and, uh, contributions as well as you and I getting a second to have a discussion and share with each other and share with you guys. So we're going to go first in hopes that this gives us a couple, a couple more minutes to, um, Talk about our triggers. So do you want to go first or do, do I want to go first or do you want to go first? Um, I can go first. Okay. So the question was, I realized I should address um, what it was on the question box. What are some aspects of parenting that trigger a you? All right. And I left it pretty general on purpose. So let's, let's go, Jimmy. What's, um. What's something that's triggering for you? When people say, let's go. I mean, Are you being serious? Go. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm not saying it like in the sports, like testosterone, like steroid way. So um, let's, let's begin. Felt <laughs> <laughs> more like Quidditch or something like that. I, I like it. I mean, yeah, that's very much my vibe. <laughs> um, okay. So what triggers me? And we talked about this when you first brought up this uh, question and I think out of everything, I don't know. I might have a hard time explaining it. So it's when now when we are out and about uh, either with Robin or just around other people in public, when I hear parents poorly correct their children or, or say things that are, I find like, It's, I know what you're saying because you and I have talked about this before, especially a lot in the last like two months, um, because we take Robin to the little gym every Sunday Mm -hmm. and that's where we unfortunately see this a lot. I think it's, I don't want to say poor parenting because I'm not trying to sit here and like trash talk other parents. That's not my job. Um, it's not anyone's job and that's not why I'm here. That's not what this space is for, but it's when you see and hear a parent, uh, kind of talk to their child in a manner that we now know, uh, is not being helpful or productive or helping them, uh, kind of grow or think, um, or completely diminishing their feelings. Like, no, you're yeah. okay you're okay. Or mm-hmm. you're um, fine. You're fine. Stop. Yeah, you're you're fine. fine. Stop crying. Like I, I mm-hmm. took Robin to the little gym on Sunday. You know, it was my turn to take them by myself and uh, it was packed and it was right after daylight savings time or the change. And there was this one little girl and she was just exhausted and she would just lay down on her face and start crying. Aww. And the parents, instead of like picking her up and you know, taking her outside and maybe allowing her to decompress a little bit from all the noise or just taking her home. It was just like, you're fine. Stop crying. Mm. You know, she's like two. Yeah. Like doesn't know how to regulate her emotions yet or how to express her emotions. I think that's what triggers me the most is like seeing that and, you know, me learning a lot from the reading and and from your child, early childhood education is like, that doesn't do anything 
in a positive manner for children. It actually hinders their uh, development and, and how they express their emotions. And, yeah. And their trust and, in you. Yeah. So I think that's what triggers me is just hearing that. And it's, it's, maybe it's no fault of their own. It's how they were raised and it's yeah. like how they saw other parents doing it. And yeah, it does. that's how they were spoken to as children. Yeah. Most likely that's how we were spoken to as children. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it is, yeah. It's like when, when we, I think you and I both have a hard time when we see children being talked at yeah. and their needs being disregarded yeah Yeah. it's hard you can see they're trying to reach out yeah and you know it's just getting dismissed and and yeah you know i'm not trying to again like you said talk shit on parents yeah parenting style for me that's triggering because i'm trying so hard not to do that Mm -hmm. uh, for robin yeah and i think I agree. I feel the exact same way. We are, I'm trying so hard to not, to not say those things to him because I know how unhelpful they are. And, um, I also, for me, it really triggers my inner child because that's a nut. That's the other reason why that's very hard for me because it just makes me flash back to that feeling Mm -hmm. of you are trying to connect with your parent. You are trying to tell them that, Hey, hi, I need you. I'm going through something and they are showing you inadvertently or not. They are unable to give you what you need and what you deserve. So yeah, Yeah. I, yep. I completely agree. It's very hard um, to see that that in the store and, you know, just everywhere. Yeah. I mean, because it's hard to have it to break too, because you know you have to get used to asking the questions and like, yeah. oh, did you hurt yourself? Oh my gosh, uh, that must have hurt so much. You know, it's really about like you have to completely change the framework in your mind and work hard at it, which yeah. is difficult. You know, because when you're in a stressful environment, you know, you may just go back saying you're fine, you're fine. The child is less likely to ask for help next time. Yeah. And it's part of what you're speaking about is being a cycle breaker. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so hard because it is, you're rewiring your own brain to better understand not only your child, but also then like yourself. And then it might make you flash back to your experiences as a child. And then that might make you upset at your parents now. Cause you're kind of like, what the fuck? Why didn't you gentle parent me the way I'm trying to gentle parent my kid, you know? So it, there's a lot of layers to it. And that's why it's triggering. That's like the definition of triggering where it just brings up all these things for you. But I will say that it's clear that we are working really hard and that we are succeeding because we notice those things. You know what I mean? Because if we heard, if we heard the kid fall down and the parents say, you're fine, come on, get up. You'll be fine. Stop, stop crying. You're fine. And that didn't affect us or that like didn't resonate with us at all. Mm -hmm. Then we wouldn't be working as hard as we are. And it wouldn't, you know, like we wouldn't be succeeding and breaking the cycles. So it's, it is, it's triggering and it's hard, but it's proof that we are like, we're doing it. High five. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 
we're doing it for our kid and he's going to be just so much better for it and hopefully need so much less therapy than we do. And for mm-hmm. me, that is, that's the goal I want. I want my kid to be happy and secure in himself, but also in his relationship with me mm-hmm. and with us as his parents mm-hmm. and as his mom. Well, now it's your turn. Me. So this has been triggering. I actually realized it was almost a year ago that this was, that I realized how triggering this was for me. Um, and it's gotten better and something that no one tells you about. And like, it's really hard to prepare for. It's very difficult for me when Robin gets physically hurt or injured. It just, again, it's gotten better. I've been, I can cope with it more now, but I feel like a year ago he was crawling and he was pulling up a lot. And he still wasn't, his core wasn't as strong as as it is now. This is like a month before he started, or like a couple weeks before he started walking. And so he would fall over a lot. And I feel like there were a couple of days where he just kept hitting his head. I don't know what it, like, that was, it was really fucking with me. I don't remember if I talked to you about this, but I remember I had almost an entire therapy session about this because it just triggered my anxiety and my thoughts spiraling. And I was telling her like, partially because he's so young. It's like, what if he hits his head so hard that like he has a concussion, but he can't tell us because he's 10 months or 11 months old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I said like, what if he has, I'm, you know, being brutally honest about what I said to my therapist, it's like, what if he has internal bleeding or yeah, like internal bleeding in his brain? And we don't know. We just like put him to sleep and Mm -hmm. she, you know, she was very kind and she listened and she said, that's really, really hard. Um, You do, you know, like we are going to work on telling yourself that that's not the case. And then she also kind of said like, you know, and these are the signs of a concussion if these things happen, then yes, you should take him to a hospital. She was like, but like, you know, those skulls are so, even though it's not fully formed, those skulls are so thick, blah, blah, blah. This is maybe not as triggering for me as it was a year ago, but it is still, it's still really hard for me. I feel like when I, when he gets injured, um, especially if I'm not in the room and I just hear the thump and then the crying and I know you're like, cause I hear you running. So I know I, I drop whatever I'm doing and it's very much like a moth to a flame. And I know you probably feel like bulldozed, but all I want to do is run over there and hold him. Mm-hmm. That's like, I, it is very, feels very like biological, like instinctual. It's almost like I, I can't control, like I'm not aware of it when he's injured. I just feel like I feel injured mm-hmm. and I also feel so powerless at the same time. And mm-hmm. so my instinct is to be like, everyone get out of my way. I'm going to hold my child and tell him that he's safe and that I'm here for him and I'm going to comfort him. Um, so if he ever like, if he ever like injures, injures himself playing a sport or something, clearly I'm going to be a wreck. <laughs> so, but I have a couple of years to hopefully work up to that. Um, and yeah, of course, mom, that's like, you're not playing a sport or you bubble wrap him when he goes. <laughs> no, not going to do that. Um, and of course, because I'm this way, <laughs> because it like makes my heart skip 10 beats, this child, I mean, you know, he's your child too. I don't have to tell you if I'm telling everybody else, 
he is the least risk averse. <laughs> averse child ever just like will not hesitate to climb up on anything and then turn around and give you a Cheshire cat grin because he's like, yeah, look at me. And it's like, yeah, I know this is dangerous, but I'm doing it and it's cool. And part of me is like, good for you. That's like, you know, you're so proud and you're so like, that's so cool. But then I'm like, fuck dude, get down. Like, I'm not going to the hospital today. Like you're going to crack your head open. I mean, literally just today we're out in the shed and he kept closing the door. So I propped the ladder very securely. I propped the ladder up against the door. I knew what was going to happen. It took longer than I thought. It took 30 minutes minimum, but yep. He starts to climb the ladder and I'm just like, nope, no. Okay. I guess we're done. We're going to close the shed now. I will finish doing what I was doing later. Um, so that's something that is, it's gotten better for me because he's not partially because he's not like, you know, he's not falling over because the weight of his own head anymore. Mm. (laughs) Um, but for around like 10 to 11 months, it was frequent. So I think Mm -hmm. that's why it was so intense for me. Um, but yeah, that's, that was the trigger. I think that's maybe not as common, not as talked about. And, um, but one that sticks with me is just Mm -hmm. like when they're injured, it just tear like tears me apart internally yeah oh i've seen it yeah i mean it's it's tough i mean he's standing up on the slide in the backyard he's oh my god this kid's wild the, you know at the little gym he's got this confidence to hold on to these rings and swings you know there's mats underneath them you know nice and soft but i don't know if that's translating to where everywhere he thinks there's math on anything <laughs> yeah i will say yeah like at the little gym i am like go for it like i am much more like dude do whatever you want because yeah. you like you're just gonna bounce off every surface here but it's yeah. yeah at home i'm like oh nope nope he's gonna fall he's gonna hit his head on that and then yeah. that's gonna happen and then he's gonna fall on the dog and the dog's gonna get scared and then she's gonna snap it is yeah i mean he has a giant bruise on his face right now yeah. Yeah. um yeah, Two and minutes it's of not watching him. Two minutes of letting him watch TV on. That's all it takes. And he's <laughs> busting his face on the side table. It's one of those things where, like, oh, kids will be kids. He's exploring and figuring it out. And I am, I welcome that. And I'm so okay with that. But I'm also yeah. in my head. So, like, outwardly, outwardly, mm-hmm. I am very determined to um, let him feel comfortable exploring and testing his limits. Um, I try, I don't use the phrase, be careful a whole lot. Um, Cause I don't want that to just be a phrase that I rely on. So then he becomes like scared to do stuff. You know, I honestly use the phrase, pay attention a lot or like, okay, well you did that. So now where are you going to put your leg? You know, just try and get him to like, think about his next move. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's how I am outwardly. Cause I know that's what he needs. I know that's good for him, but in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, dude. Fuck, 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 fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Spiraling out. Yeah. And I actually also spoke with my therapist about this, how like a lot of times the birthing person, which when she and I were talking, cause we were the ones who gave birth, she said the mom, but oftentimes she said the birthing person that connection is still there. Mm. 
So that might be why we are much more, um, like much more protective and preventative for um, like physical injuries and stuff like that, where we're constantly trying to like be proactive and predict yeah, um, like cause and effect. And it okay. is, and she said like a lot of times it is that like, because he was, you know, speaking to me, she said, you know, he was safe in you for mm-hmm. almost 10 months, you know, it's been almost 24 months. That's still something, you know, yeah. your instinct to protect his physical body mm-hmm. is very strong and it probably yeah. always will be. Um, yeah. yeah. Which is so, and that's, I find that very fat, you know, very fascinating too, that it's, cause it's like I said before, it's something that I don't even think about. It's like, I can't even help it. It just happens, yeah. but you know, superpowers, just casual, you know, birthing people, moms, women, just casual superheroes. Yes. I have a question. Do you get like a feeling when he gets hurt? Like if, because I swear, like I'm in a completely different room with him and he'll like fall or we'll be outside and he'll like, you know, uh, scrape his knee or something like that. And somehow you're there within seconds of me picking him up. And I'm like, how did you hear that? Or how (laughs) do you know that he got hurt? And you know, you're like, oh, what happened? Is it, let me talk to him. <laughs> just like, how is this possible? I know what his I am physically hurt cry sounds like. Mm. So if I can't hear the thud that comes right mm. before the cry, mm. um, I can hear that cry. And I know that means he something is hurt on his body. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I just know what it sounds like. And that is one of those like classic, I feel like people talk about it with like newborns and infants a lot. We're like, oh yeah, like that's his hungry cry. And I kind of remember mm-hmm. knowing that too. And I think you and I talked about that once how mm-hmm. like we did, as we got to know him more when he was brand new, um, we did see the distinctions, but that is definitely one of those, like, I guess, old wives tales that for me is true. I mm. exactly know what his physically injured cry sounds like. And that's why I'm like, zip, <laughs> I'm just the flash going to the, going to the source. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for sharing yours. I appreciate it. And I know it's like, that's a hard one because I, that's, it's triggering for me too. So thank you for mm. sharing. For sure. It's nice to kind of understand uh, what's triggering for you. Yeah. I think it's important for people to talk about their triggers because it helps, it does help you understand them and then have more grace and sympathy, empathy for them Mm -hmm. and just get to know people better. So we're going to get to know you guys a little better. We got a lot of responses. So Jimmy and I are going to just kind of read them off rapid fire. And I have to say, I mean, it's like I said in the beginning, Almost every single one of these, I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, me too, girl, me too, girl. Yeah. Um, and we're going to keep it anonymous, right? We're yeah. going to keep it anon. She's anon. All right, so it's going to be kind of rapid fire um, unless we end up talking about one of them for a couple of seconds, which I know myself, so I'm speaking for myself here. <laughs> but uh, Why don't you go first? So here's what you guys said are some um, triggers in parenting for you. 
First one is my mother's comment. And this is in all caps. And she put the angry curse face emoji. So yeah. this, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can see that because it's like, back the, back the fuck. <laughs> Next one, loud noises for sure. And then we have the like, um, it's almost like the jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> what is it? This, is, this is like a test for me describing emojis. <laughs> okay, you guys know. It's the it's one the where it's baby. like. The eyes are spirals. Yes, the eyes are spirals and the mouth is like a jack-o'-lantern, right? Squiggly line. What? Jack-o'-lantern is like sharp. Yeah, like, like up and down, up and line. down. Yeah, but no, this is a squiggly line. I honestly, it's pretty pixelated for me. So okay. I can't. Okay, so loud noises for sure. Yes. My I was already pretty noise sensitive um because I was a teacher. So I was dealing with a lot of noises five days a week. Um, but now, whoo. Volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, my only is four, and I still feel guilty sometimes that I quit breastfeeding before I even left the hospital. Mm. So I take this one to mean that maybe it's triggering for them to see pictures of people breastfeeding on social media or mm-hmm. seeing um, people breastfeeding like out in public. That must be. I, it's probably like in general breastfeeding. Yeah. Yeah. That must be really hard. And I, I can totally relate to that. You know, I, I still feel, I still feel disappointed and also a little inferior that I wasn't able to chest feed because I exclusively pumped. So I did breastfeed, um, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't able to chest feed and I definitely still feel some type of way about that. So yeah, I feel you. Um, this next person said, when my kid hurts me, throws a toy at my head, drops a bowl on my foot, game over. Okay. I knew there would be at least one time where I would bring this up because, and I've told you about this, Jimmy, because thank God for my therapist. So I'm sure I've mentioned this before. She is a psychologist, but she, her therapy practice specializes in maternal mental health. So she is just so good at like listening to parents, specifically moms talk about their shit and kind of like explain maybe what's going on there underneath the surface. So I have spoken to her about this before too, how like when Robin causes me physical pain, like whether on purpose or on accident or no, I guess I'll take that back on accident. It's like, okay, ouch, like that sucks. When he is biting me, when he is purposefully hitting me mm-hmm. when like today I was barefoot and we had just come in from outside and he was still wearing his shoes and he accidentally stepped on my foot and it hurt. And so on instinct, I said, ouch. And then, so he proceeds to do it on purpose again and like stomp on my foot. And I'm like, listen, you already like, he already broke my toe last summer. So mm-hmm. I'm like even more paranoid about that. But anyway, I digress. She was saying, it is actually similar to like the fight, flight, or freeze um, neurobiological response for your body when that happens, when you get physically hurt, um, particularly from your child, for your instinct to just go from zero to 100 and for you and for you to want to be like, get the fuck away from me. 
Um, mm-hmm. cause I was telling her, I felt like a fucking crazy person, mm-hmm. um, and feel like a terrible person for having such a visceral reaction mm-hmm. and then having to like wrangle that under control. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she told me it's actually just us being human when mm-hmm. that happens. So yeah. I, if you're listening, um, and you feel just like enraged when your child hurts you physically hurts you it is completely normal and you're feeling that way because you're a human being and that's just how your body is built so you're not crazy you're not a terrible person you're not a bad mom you're not a bad dad you're just a human being and you're working your way through it this person is not the only one to mention it in this yes i will say yeah that we had multiple um not alone yeah, multiple, even, yes, even just in this question box, in this one question box, we have multiple people say when they're physically hurt is very triggering for them. Uh, scream crying slash whining, comma, throwing things really get to me. Yeah, so this sounds like a combination of everything that we've just read. <laughs> so loud yeah. noises, uh, like at a sustained high volume, also mm-hmm. fucking gets to me too. And then throwing things. Yeah, not cool. I, yep understand. And then this next person said being physically hurt by my child, even if accidental toddler headbutts are rough. And then she has the laugh crying emoji. Yeah. Uh, my toddler headbutted my pubic bone a couple weeks ago and it was legitimately bruised. So fuck these kids. (laughs) You guys know, I don't mean that, but like at the same time, we're all thinking it some days. So these kids are fucking wild. The next one is when my own mom says something about my parenting triggered in all caps. Again, just like the very, very first person. Cause you're just yeah. like, who the fuck? Like, I think it's very much like, who yeah. the fuck are you? And because it, yeah. it brings up like, yeah, well, I'm this way because of what you did to me. You know, it's, yeah. it's layers to that. Yep. That's like very hard, hard. Too, when you're, when you yourself are trying to break cycles and then your parenting says something, your parents says something um that you're like yes i know i'm doing it differently because i don't want to go down that same cycle Mm -hmm. Uh, or it's just like out of nowhere it's like dude i didn't ask for that yes Um, like and they come at you like out of pocket and just because it feels like it's very hard to to, yeah it's hard to i'm the adult here i'm the parent here yeah and also like the last time you parented was a long time ago. And for yeah. me, I think that's a huge thing for me is like, I respect, like, I respect that you raised all these kids, but you did it 30 years ago. And I think you have to let go of your ego. I wish that like the previous generation, like our parents, or grandparents would let go of their egos a little bit and instead mm-hmm. lead with curiosity about like, oh, I noticed that you're doing this. And that's something that wasn't common. I've never heard of that. That's something that wasn't common when I was raising you. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Instead of being like, you're doing that? Oh, they're going to be spoiled. They're going to be this. They're going to be that. And it's like, but parent, like research changes, parenting styles change. Like we learn more. Look at me now. (laughs) As close to TV as I want. I'm wearing the TV now with virtual. You're wearing the TV. With the virtual headsets, you're wearing TV. Like, That's not what I pictured for TV. some reason. I pictured you just like putting an old-fashioned TV box over your head and just yeah, like almost becoming one with the TV. Yeah. That's the dream. But okay, we can go on to the next one. 
Okay. Next one. Um, when he cries in the car and there's nothing I can do. Yep. You can't, you, you are not inspector gadget. You can't reach back there. You can't pick up the toy that's on the floor that they flung across the back seat that you're hoping doesn't eventually crack your window one day. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that is, and it's such a small, and it's a small space. So those cries, Mm -hmm. the, the volume is magnified. Yep. Being in the car, especially if your kid doesn't like car rides. And I feel like all, Mm -hmm. almost all kids go through a couple months at a time where for one reason or another, it's just not their jam. And Mm -hmm. so if you're in that car, you're miserable. Everybody's miserable. Mm -hmm. It's hard. Did you read that one? I did. That was me. Um, next one says any changes to sleep because without sleep, I implode. Yes. Um, I think that's a huge thing for people across the board. We Mm -hmm. often are going so hard and so fast and we're way more sleep deprived than we realize we are. And that Mm -hmm. makes us more vulnerable to everything and yes. And fatigue can 100% just cause you to be up irritable, no patience, um, brain fog and yeah, need sleep, need sleep. All right, here we go. Cause this will have a lot. (laughs) This is definitely more of a, what's the opposite of a baby. So like a teenager, I was going to say toddler. Yeah. Cause they're huge in terms of their emotions, preteens, yuck, awkward. Yeah. That's what this is. It's like that awkward medium between a baby soda and a regular soda. Mom, stop. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here you know, we go. Where you start to stink. Okay, yeah. Okay, whoa, here we go. <laughs> Older folks commenting how they did things as parents, whether meant as criticism or not. Yes, I feel like we just talked about that, where it's like, how about you just not? not make a comment or at least like at another time, like not in the moment. I don't Mm -hmm. need you. Like when my kid is in the middle of a tantrum and I'm trying to consciously parent them and like, we're breathing through the tantrum, we're doing whatever. I don't need you. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not the time Susan to say something about it. Like talk to me later when the moment has passed, because everybody's adrenaline is high at that moment. And that's when you're going to snap and be like, shut the fuck up. I'm doing what yeah. I need to do. Uh, the next one is hanger is, is, is intensified and causes chaos. Yes. Hangry children are not nice. I mean, I'm a yeah. hang, when I'm a hangry adult, I feel like I'm barely holding it together. So yeah. Imagine being a yeah. kid with like, when your brain fully isn't developed, mm, game over. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Being climbed on and mauled by my kid when I've asked them not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being touched and cause you're just touched out and it's like, mm-hmm. oof, it just, it's like nails on a chalkboard after mm-hmm. a certain point for a lot of people. I understand that. I identify with that. Uh, being ignored by my kid. Mm, interesting. I wonder if it's like an older kid, I mean, like a teenager. I mean, that's, yeah. But you know, Robin's going through a similar phase, not ignoring yeah. you, but he's, He's essentially always, you know, he went through that earlier too, where it was only you. He only yeah. wanted you. So he essentially ignored me. And then now we're in that phase where it's only me. And he's kind yeah. of ignoring you. So like, yeah. Feeling um, rejected by your child. Let's, yeah. I'm going to add that because that's, yeah. I feel like that's similar to being ignored. And it is, it's a very hard pill to swallow. And I, mm-hmm. I've been dealing with that a lot lately. Yeah. He's been in an 
Robin has been in an intense dad phase for about six weeks. Like it's been a long time and it ha- it's finally starting to kind of relax a little bit, but it was, I mean, again, talked about this, with my therapist talked about it with you. Cause it was really fucking with me. And it's like, you know, I, I can't take it personally cause he doesn't mean it. And if anything, if he feels comfortable enough to reject me, that means we have a secure relationship and he trusts me, but it's like, fuck, I made you like, can you not hurt my feelings? Like to my core, please. <laughs> um, did you read that? Or did I read that. I read that. I read that. And then we have another, my mom's judgment, either verbalized or silent. Ooh, yeah. The silent judgment. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. That can be tough. Uh, the next one is crying. LOL. And I like that she put LOL as in like, cause to me crying LOL is like, it's, she's like, it's ridiculous that I'm putting this while at the same time, like, yep, that's like, I'm being honest. Yes. Crying can be very, yeah. Triggering, especially uh, if I you think. felt like when you cried as a kid, mm-hmm. your needs were not met. And it's what we talked about mm-hmm. with um, what triggers you in the beginning mm-hmm. of the episode. Um, right. I read that one. Yeah. Your turn. Me. The screaming tantrums, they always remind me of my big feelings and my mom hitting me. Ugh. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's mm-hmm. very similar to what we just read. Those two are very mm-hmm. similar. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It just brings you right back there. And so it's very hard to um, not succumb to your inner child. Childhood trauma, Mm -hmm. you know, while trying to be a parent, which I can't, yeah, that must be such a hard position to be in. Yeah, you'll be there one day. Everybody's got trauma, baby. Maybe you haven't discovered yours yet, but you will. It's coming for you. Yeah. All right. Your turn. Uh, can never finish a sentence with my husband without being interrupted multiple times. Ugh, literally so fucking annoying. Like, mm. yeah. And then, but like, there's that revenge bedtime procrastination right there because then you finally are like, yes, I can sit here and have a conversation mm. with someone or with myself even and not have to switch back and forth in between individual mode and parent mode. Mm-hmm. Like we can do it, but it's exhausting. Yeah. All right. Next one. Feeling needed urgently in all caps while I'm doing something else. Yeah. And then not being able to finish like a task. That's yeah. That's definitely where you're like, I just wanted to do this one thing that was going to take me yeah. ordinarily two and a half minutes. And instead, because I've had to stop five times, okay. my child is demanding my attention. Yeah. Feel yeah, that. I have. I have thought that lately. It's just data, 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 data. And I'm like, yes. Hi. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, it's literally that scene from Family Guy. Uh, Last one. Uh, Vomit. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. Because I. Gotten into that phase. Yeah. Robin has yet to like projectile vomit on me or be like sick in that way. And Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like. Most people pick one, either vomit or poop. That's like their big gross thing. Mm-hmm. And I think minus poop. I think mm-hmm. poop to me is more gross than vomit. And I don't know why. Oh, 
Yeah. I think vomit's going to, I, I think you've seen a lot of vomit as a teacher, probably. Maybe. I mean, I also like had to clean up a lot of my friend's vomit, like when we were drunk and stuff. So <laughs> maybe if that's I had to choose, I'd rather clean up poop than vomit. All right. Well, we're good. Here we go. Dream team, perfect pair. Yeah. You can handle the vomit. I just feel like someone vomiting, I'm just going to get so close to vomiting. 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 Wow. So, wow. So articulate. I'm so, <laughs> <laughs> no, you mean it. No, because it was the first time I was like, oh, okay. He's just like making sure people can understand him. And the second time I was like, oh, did you go to finishing school overnight? You <laughs> me. I think it's pardon moi. Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, this one was in the form of a message, but it's still short, but I identify with this so hard. I cannot even begin. And it's like, no Tino Shea, but fuck, please stop. So this person said, my mom showing up with extra toys and presents. The kids didn't ask for every single time she visits. And that's how she typed it. Yeah. Please don't do that. Like for me, anyone out there listening, please please don't do that. It's just, for me, it is very, for me, it's triggering because it's like, oh, okay. Well now here you go. Here's all of this unwanted responsibility of all these toys. And now you have to figure out where they're going to go. And now your kid's going to be obsessed with it. And if you try and take it away, they're going to freak out. And now if you take it away, then you're like the ungrateful parent because you're the ungrateful person because this person brought you these gifts and it's like, I just, it's a lot of, to me, it's like too much pressure and like too much surprise, Mm -hmm. like sneak attack responsibility. Mm -hmm. And also you and I Mm -hmm. try really hard to not overwhelm. And that's like the teacher educator in me. I know that like less is more for younger kids. So Robin doesn't need an entire room full of toys. It's useless to him. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's anxiety inducing to me because clutter is triggering for my anxiety. My dad brought a, an entire like toy bike without saying anything, um, this past fall. And I know Jim, you knew I was pissed. You knew I was pissed. You just like seeing my reaction. You knew I was fucking pissed. I was like, you bring this giant ass toy into my house without so much of a warning. So then of course, Robin sees it and he starts no losing warning. his mind and it's like, okay, well, yeah, that toy's not moving with us. That was made yeah. very clear as soon as my dad yeah. left. And it's like, it's a secondhand toy anyway. Like yeah. for anyone who's thinking like, oh my God, she's going to like throw away stuff. Like, no, we donate and we also buy secondhand. And that's another thing. I'm um, really like your mom and I had a whole discussion. I told her, I was like, I like, especially bigger things. Like I do not buy brand new. Like I have bought Mm -hmm. things off Facebook marketplace Mm -hmm. for like a quarter of the price. It's only going to be used. He's only going to be interested in it for a certain amount of time. And then we can easily pass it on to another family. And it, so it saves money. It's like less waste. Mm -hmm. Um, so yes, this person who wrote that about the mom showing up with extra toys and just like all of this stuff, Ooh, yes. Or at least talk to us before 
you bring something or before you buy something. Yes, so like say like, hey. You, or yes. like, oh, that's a great idea. I think he would love that. Yeah. Like, oh, you know what? He's not really into that right now. Or like, or, you know what? He actually already has space. that toy. Yeah, like we don't have space. Um, I was talking to Kat who was on the show last week and this was when we weren't recording, but she was saying how her mom does the exact same thing is always bringing stuff. And Kat has said like, we don't have space for this. And Kat's mom's response was, you have a big house. What are you talking about? And Kat was mm-hmm. like, okay, yes, we have a house, but that's, we don't need to fill it to the brim. Mm-hmm. And that is what's exactly how I feel too. Like, Yes, we are fortunate to have a like plenty of room in our mm-hmm. living space, but I don't need it to be overrun with stuff. And I especially don't need it to be overrun with mm-hmm. kids stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Once again, have talked with my therapist about this and she and I are actually the same where it's like, when you walk into my house, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want it to look like kids don't live there. Cause that's not realistic. And I always feel like that's like disrespectful to my kid almost. Like I want it, you know, like it's very much his home too. And he lives here and he's welcome here and he's free to make his like uh, footprint, you know, his impact on the house. But I don't want some, I don't want to walk into my house. I guess when I, I don't even mean like someone else, it's me. When I walk into my house, I want to see that I'm still there in the house that there's still adult things in the house and that the house hasn't been completely just overrun and completely taken over Mm. by a child or children. And I think that is a huge part of why I do not like when people just bring stuff because it's like, Whoa, like I don't have any plans for where to put this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to live in a super cluttered crowded space. Cause I'm yeah. just not comfortable with that. And yeah. I think you're kind of the, like you and I are kind of the same way about that. I know it doesn't stress you out as much as it's well, Nothing stresses you out as much as it stresses me out. Let's be honest. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. Very true. But yeah. So anyway, all of that to say it's very triggering for some people. If you that just, might be, uh, you're t- one of your top five. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Dude. Like, And it's what you said before, like, let us know beforehand or like ask like, Hey, I would love to bring something. What is your child into right now? Or like, Oh, I saw this thing and it's really cute. Are you okay with me bringing it that way? Like I know what's coming and it's Mm -hmm. not like you're showing up with these gifts for my kids. And if I take them away, they're going to be like, what the fuck, you know, like it's going to cause a huge argument. Yeah. And it's just about, I think it really comes down to like respecting the fact that it's not your house, even if it's your family member, you know, like your daughter, your sister, whatever, it's not your house. And you shouldn't necessarily assume that you have the automatic privilege of contributing to what goes in the house and what what the kids consume i feel like that's very much should be left up to the parent well second to last one this is where it's a little bit longer uh because uh it couldn't fit in the box so you were messaged it 
And it says, but basically I get emotional on the inside sometimes when I look around my kid's gorgeous nursery or when I look at all his beautiful clothes because I can basically afford to buy him anything he wants now and give him an amazing life. And I was at many points in my life, a person who couldn't afford to eat. Mm. So I, I think what triggers them is that trauma, uh, you know, personal previous trauma of, um, of not being able to afford to eat. So they're working even harder to ensure they, they are providing. I am fortunate enough that I can't directly relate to that, but I do think that what she means is that it's almost overwhelming how juxtaposed her current life is and her son's life is mm-hmm. with how she lived at times. And it's hard to like, almost like hard to believe that it is now her reality Mm -hmm. that she has a great job and she can provide for her son. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I can see that being a trigger and just kind of like overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, very last one. Um, I also hard hardly. I also strongly relate to this one too. She said the baby making noise slash not even necessarily a super unhappy noise, question mark, question mark. She said, while I'm cooking and the dog's barking, barking to go out or come inside, if it's all happening at once, it feels like my lid is going to blow. So I have to actively remind myself to take a breath and no one is dying and everything, especially if the baby is safe, can wait two seconds while I finish up and then tend to their needs. Yes. Mm -hmm. Where it's when it's just like chaos, just pure chaos. You and I, Mm -hmm. I feel like even in this past week have looked at each other and just been like, what is happening? Because Mm -hmm. yep. The dog's doing something weird or the dog needs something or the dog's Mm -hmm. being a dick or the child's being a dick Mm -hmm. or they're being dicks at the same time. And then, and then you're, and then you are cooking dinner. And then, so you, so those just like the sizzling noises and the pots boiling over and the timer is going off and it is just overstimulating in terms of like auditory sensation, just very overstimulating. And it makes you, yeah. And I would say that it's just a super natural uh, human instinct to just want everything to stop. Definitely. uh, I mean, I think a couple people have said it, that, that loud noises, that overstimulation, you know, and I think it happens to everybody. Like there's just a point where mm-hmm. I think it happens to me when I'm cooking. Cooking is when most of it happens. To most yes. People. That was a great example that yeah. she used. And it, it's just like, I've got the timer going off. Alexa's not hearing me to turn off the stupid timer. <laughs> the dog's jumping up and down. Robin is hangry. He wants something. Uh, I'm hungry. Um, I got the, the the little fan on on the um, above the stove that's on full blast because I may or may have not have set off the smoke alarm a couple of times this week. I still make which Robin that. is terrified of. So then yeah. we're dealing with that. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot, and it all happens. Yeah. I'm telling you, witching hour. It's like mm-hmm. four to six p.m. or five to seven. It's a two hour window where like. Holy shit, everyone. Can we just keep it together? Just hang on a little bit longer. Oh my God. But it's just like right when I turn off that, I get it all done. 
and I, I turn off the, the vent, the fan above the stove, and it's like quiet again. And I'm like, oh, okay, things are back to normal. But <laughs> I've noticed that lately. It's like when that stupid fan is on above the, the mm. stove, I feel like all hell breaks loose. Yeah. I, cause it's almost like the fan is the final straw. Like it's the yeah. final loud piece of the puzzle that you don't need and you don't want, but there it is. Yeah. And it is because then also like your volume gets louder mm-hmm. and then you're like, what? I can't hear you. Yeah. Stupid <laughs> fan. Let's blame the fan. But yeah, it's very hard to be overstimulated with sound and, um, I have realized that that happens to everyone, but a lot of us don't realize that that's what it is, like that that is what's happening, Um, or it takes us a while to get to that point. If you don't know that that's one of your triggers, or if you are unable to recognize it yet, it can be very frustrating because you don't necessarily know like how to stop it, how to help yourself. Um, and that, you know, like tying in with what I said in the beginning, like, it's so important for us to know our own triggers and then also know our loved ones triggers, because that will help us not avoid them because they're going to happen. But when they happen, work through them Mm -hmm. so that they don't overpower you, that you're able to like ride the wave, do whatever coping mechanism you know you need to do turn off the stupid fan so that everything goes down about five volume notches um it's kind of like how you know everybody makes the joke that when you're lost you turn down the radio volume oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and because that's it right turn there that's your... being and you're like squinting yeah you're like over the steering yeah. wheel yeah. yeah but that's that's like that is if you do that if that happens to you like you are being overly stimulated mm-hmm. while you're because your brain is working so hard, you know, to find the Starbucks or whatever it is. And your brain is telling you like, this is too much at one time. We need to take away one thing. So then you turn down the volume mm-hmm. and automatically you kind of like untense a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been so fun. Um, looking at the time it is for sure the moodiest, smelliest preteen episode. This is no longer a baby sode. It is full fledged, like homegirl gets her period. But thank you for sharing with us all of your triggers. Um, I have probably like never related so hard to a baby sode before. So that's been fun for me. And as usual, Jimmy, thanks. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being you. Thank you. And thank you for being you. You're you know, I try. a pleasure and a treasure. My pleasure, my treasure. <laughs> yes, it's from, um, is it forgetting Sarah? No, it's, uh, is it I love you, man? My pleasure, my treasure. It's know, um, it Jason Siegel. Oh, okay. To, yeah, look we'll look it up. It up. Okay. I honestly, in my, I say it in my head a lot. My pleasure, my treasure. <laughs> And on that note, we will see you guys later. We are so far, we're two for two, making the baby sods a monthly consistent thing. So go us high five or I'll high five you. when I come back into the dining room in a couple minutes and this is exactly, yeah, like this is exactly what I wanted, um, for us to just 
be able to share with you guys more while you're sharing with us at the same time. So thank you. Thank you to everyone. Love you. Bye. Bye.